Welcome to the Blind Android Users Channel. This is your source for everything Android tutorials and demos, all from a blindness perspective. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more content like this. Hello and welcome to the 78th episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Today I'm here with my co-hosts Warren Carr, Austin Pinto and Doug Cameron. And here in the UK, a lot of people have had a couple of days off work because we've been celebrating the Queen's Jubilee, which means she's been on the throne for 70 years. And it was pointed out to me earlier that isn't a Jubilee normally 50 years? And I said, yeah, they did that as well, then 60 and now 70. I think we just like parties in the UK. In this week's podcast, recorded on the 4th of June, 2022, we bring you the announcements. Then the spotlight is a discussion about all the new things that have come out from Google this week. Then there will be a demonstration of commentary screen reader by Corrine. And finally, highlights from Talkback from Warren. Austin, how's things with you? Things with me are very good. I'm just back from a vacation and although it's very, very hot in Mumbai, it's like more humid than hot and we are just tired of this heat and humidity. I don't know when this rain will come, but uh, they are saying by this weekend or midweek we should have rain. So that is a good thing. So Warren, how's things with you this week? It could be drier, Fee. We are having some rain here again and can't believe it. And I think the effect, though, is coming from the East Coast or the Southeast, uh, especially in Florida, where they are having all sorts of weather activity going on there, tornadoes and uh, torrential rainfalls and things like that. So it's unbelievable that out here in the Northwest Pacific Coast that we're feeling that effect. And so we are wet. Oh, we've had some rain. We had a thunderstorm on Tuesday. It was quite dramatic and exciting and hailstones and everything. Amazing. Uh, I think your weather in the US sometimes beats ours for excitement. And uh, It really yeah. does. I think I'll, I'll leave that to you guys, actually. And Doug, what about you? How's things? That's not too, too bad. Just got back from a small vacation yeah, out seeing my parents back to a bit of a house disaster as we're getting it the main floor completely repainted so i mean hey it's everything's going good on my end so i'm happy the weather's pretty decent i was able to do some yard work yesterday so i'm, I'm it's pretty good talking about painting uh dog what color did you guys give your house <clears throat> well we've got one room which is uh my girlfriend's creativity room which is a very nice bluish purple, a lot oh. more blue than purple, but you can see the purple in it from different angles. Our kitchen is a very pale shade of yellow, so it gives it a lot more color, a lot more brightness. And then the rest of the main floor is going to be a shade of kind of a blue-gray. So, Interesting. I like yeah, that. Like it, all the colors really... They kind of brighten the room, but they also kind of darken it at the same time, which is kind of what we're going for. 
I think my wife would like your girlfriend's room because she likes purple and to where she actually colors her hair purple. It's just really odd, <laughs> but it's beautiful. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course, I'm Fee Dunn. I don't know if I actually name checked myself. Um, so hello from all of us. And now we have the announcements from Austin. So we have two announcements today. One, the first announcement is we have crossed 60,000 plays on YouTube and Anchor combined. So thanks to everyone that uh, listened to us every week. And the next announcement, which is a bit of a scam alert, there is a lot of scam going on on YouTube, not only on our channel, but even on other favorite channels of yours. There are comments after every video saying that you have won this giveaway and so and so and to contact us on Telegram. Whenever we do giveaways, the only contact method that we use is contacting us via blind Android users' email address, which is contact us at blindandroidusers.com. We do not ask you to contact us on Telegram. So do not contact anyone because that's a fraud and you will lose a lot of money if you fall for that trick. So I hope YouTube addresses this because they, they are so legitimate that they use the profile picture of the creator. So end users, those who are new to technology, they fall for these scams. That's it from the announcements. You've got to follow the money here. Uh, it's interesting, though, that they are doing that on YouTube. And I hope that Google wakes up and catches up uh, with what's going on because that's absolutely, that's malicious. That's so bad. I can't believe that someone would want to do that. But, you know, when it comes to money, there's no end as to what people can do to get that money. No, I, I heard about one of these ones the other day where they text you and they say, there's a there's a parcel ready for you and we were unable to deliver it. So click this link. And I'm thinking, no, you're sending a text from a random mobile phone number. You're a scammer. And also quite often, I'm not even expecting a parcel anyway. So no. Um, so yeah, some of these scammers, they're quite, quite nasty. But that's kind of crazy though. Clicking that link is not going to magically uh, put that parcel at your doorstep. No, they, they, no I think need. they then ask. Well, I think they then ask for your card number. You see, oh when, my god, on the page. Why do I need to pay uh, in order for my parcel to be delivered? I've already paid for it, right? When I purchased it, so we all need to wise up to all these kind of uh, <laughs> scams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's not no. good. Now, the spotlight is about what's going on in the world of Google this week. And I've been very busy with the world of fee this week. So um, who can tell me what's been going on with that? So this week has been a rather big week in the world of Google because we have uh, some things that have dropped on us. And I thought it's it's important that we talk about this, especially there are some things for those of us who are blind as well. And um, I think, how about we start with Lookout? Uh, and that has to do 
with the image description that a lot of people like to use. And uh, finally, you know, Google dropped it because we heard about it. When was that? During Google I.O., our friend Scott talked about um, the uh, image description coming to the uh, Lookout. I always want to call it Outlook, but it's Lookout. And uh, so now we have it. It's rolling out. If it hasn't reached your phone yet, uh, be patient. It should be there. But if you have Lookout, if you have Lookout in your region, definitely the image uh, description should be coming to your phone or has come to your phone. So let's talk about the importance of image description and what it means to us, especially those of us who are blind, because Lookout is especially intended for those of us who are blind. But, you know, you can even use it if you're a sighted person, you want to capture your documents or whatever. Uh, But now, you know, that image description, what is image description? Austin, you want to take a stab at it? So image description is, uh, it's uh, used by, it's used with AI describing images to us, like how Facebook describes so-and-so people are there in the image, they are doing so-and-so activities. So even Lookout will describe it the same way. I think to me, um, even though I'm not into all that image description thing, but then there's a time though that, uh, certain things become necessary that one use uh, Lookout or some other app that would give you that image description. And I'm talking about, especially when it comes to someone sending you like a picture or something with uh, text on it, maybe a banner or whatever, some invitation, and it's all picture and nothing else, but you know the text is in the picture and all of that. So this is when that becomes useful because I am then able to have, you know, look out, process that and tell me what the text is. And this is probably one of the most important things where there's like a PDF document that you cannot read. And I'm just kind of wondering how would it handle, maybe say I have a little document, which is a PDF document and it's uh, DRM protected. I'm kind of wondering if that would read it or not. Has anyone tried that? Well, it's just dropping, so we can't really say for sure, could we? Presumably, this works with stuff you take photos of with the camera as well, and and also stuff that's sent to you on your phone. Is that right? Can you use it for both? Exactly. So if I take a picture using my camera, and then I pass it on to Lookout. And Lookout may tell me, hey, I see uh, a young man, you know, with uh, this type of shirt, or I see a a young man or two people in this picture, or, you know, a young lady with with her hair down, you know, things like that. That's what this is all about. If it's just a picture, or maybe, hey, I can see a picture of a dog or whatever, things like that. Or if it's a text, like I said, maybe I just captured a, a, a picture of a, a piece of paper that has text on it. And of course, if I just send you that, you will not be able to read it. But when you pass that through and Lookout recognizes it, then it will tell you the description. Here it goes. This one is a text. And then it should be able to read that text to you. I really like that idea, but I wish... 
it was integrated into the operating system rather than having to open an app to do it. Uh, for example, now, if you go on an Apple phone and you look through your photos, um, the phone will just describe the photos. It doesn't always do a brilliant job, but it will say how many faces are in the photo. And, you know, it might say maybe someone playing a musical instrument or something. Um, it's sort of annoying to have to then open the image in another app because you don't even know if you've got a lot of images. You That's kind of annoying. So I like the direction it's going in, but I'd really like to see it in the actual operating system, you know, for images and and uh, email, you know, photos and emails and things like that, rather than having to open another app. This is something we've been talking about, and it's interesting you brought that up, because frankly, I'm not happy, especially when I take a picture. I would like to have the ability to, you know, rename that picture right away. You know what I mean? And besides the fact that it should recognize what I just took a picture of, but if it's short of doing that, why can't we have the ability to immediately rename a picture after I take that shot? For example, I took a picture of Fee. I want to just write in and there, label it as, picture of fee or something of that nature, but I don't want to go back into my gallery later on with a file uh, manager and just go to rename it. Now, frankly, if I'm taking a lot of pictures, by the time I get back, I would forget as to which one is which. So it's kind of, if we don't have the ability to have it described right away or, you know, describe it from the photo gallery and telling me what it is, I think it makes sense to have that ability to rename because even if I have, you know, um, picture recognition, it's not going to tell me that it's fee. So it still falls short. So I think for me, we want to take it all the way, give us the ability to rename our pictures or shots as soon as we're done doing that so that we know who I'm dealing with. Does that make sense, guys? It does. I wasn't aware you couldn't do that, actually, in in the uh, Photos app, but I haven't really used it much so far. But maybe I will more with the... If you could use the Lookout app and it would then record the photos on your phone for you, you know, in your camera roll, um, that might be quite cool. I, I think maybe we need to do a, a demo of it, you know, putting it through its paces in a few weeks' time, perhaps, when we've had a go with it. I think it's fantastic that they've that they've done this. It's definitely, like I say, going in the right direction. And um, it's a free app, which is really good because there are other image recognition apps that you do have to pay for, whether that's all-in-one go or a monthly subscription or something. So I hope that this app is as good because, um, you know, nobody nobody wants to spend money, do they? Um, no. Well, not many people. I don't. Um, you know, unless, unless I get you really nice. have to, unless you really have to. Uh, there are times that we have to spend some money, but most especially if there's a free alternative, like what you have just mentioned, then unless, of course, you have so much of that moolah and it's burning a hole in your pockets, uh, probably it's best not to spend it because I'd rather maybe go get some food or something uh, or some other toy 
like you just got your Sonos speakers and all of I that. I did. That makes me very happy. <laughs> so, so get something like that instead of uh, uh, dumping it on an app. I'm not saying not yeah. to buy an app. Of course, we buy apps all the time. But if there's a free one that does exactly what I'm looking for or whatever, uh, absolutely, I'll gravitate toward that first before I go toward the paid uh, solution. So I really like uh, what Lookout is doing. And now this one is in a beta mode. It's not necessarily the final release. So it's uh, probable that we'll be seeing some new features um, as it matures again and again. And so, again, this is just a beta. So we'll see what happens as it matures, right? Uh, I think that's really good, being honest and saying it's a beta version, because sometimes apps are brought out and you use them and you think this should have been called a beta it's not very good yet it's still got bugs you know at least they're being honest about that i think that's um that's much more sensible than you know just bringing it out like windows do and then everyone finds loads of bugs because <laughs> yeah. it's their latest release <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doug, how about you? Do you think uh, this uh, feature is of importance? I know you have a little bit of side. Um, however, there are times that th this might even come in handy for you. Do you think? Actually, yeah. Like for me, I tend to use stuff like image description services when it comes to um, memes and pictures posted up on Facebook. So even though I do have that little bit of vision, I definitely see this being something that is, again, back in my toolkit for a resource. I know before when I had InVision, I used their um, import tool for pictures fairly frequently. And then I just found it wasn't worth paying for. So now I've actually got the same equal, if not, in my opinion, better tools within Lookout. So... I think in a lot of ways, Google just leveled the playing field between them, Envision AI, as well as seeing AI. So I'm kind of, I'm hopeful. Yeah, and we we'll want to throw in um, a SuperSense in there too, because they too have the same feature. And so we don't want to forget that they too have that. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Fee, you are about to say something. The other thing... I think it would be really good for is reading what we call post here in the UK and what you would call mail uh, over where you are. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you call post in India, Austin? It's called post only. You, you call it post like us. What did you expect, Fee? Um, the Indians will always do things like you do out there in Britain. So yeah. <laughs> post is yeah, post. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's it'll be really good for post because I find that apps like that aren't brilliant necessarily. For example, if you need to get a phone number from a letter, it can work, but it can be a bit dodgy if your camera skills aren't brilliant and my camera skills aren't brilliant. Um, but it can show you, you know, is this an important letter or is it just a load of junk from, I don't know, some local shop I'm not interested in? Or is this something from the doctors or is this from the bank? You know, it'll tell me enough to know that. I've also used a similar sort of app on some food packaging to read the use by date, uh, which was handy. 
but a bit of a pain because I think they're often quite small writing, those used by dates. Um, so sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I think it was luck that day. But I think this will be great, actually. I can't wait to try it out and uh, see, you know, how it describes various things. Another thing, though, that Google brought to us this week, Google's big week, of course, and it has to do with those of you who are into emojis. I'm not an emoji kind of guy. Um, and, and by the way, you know, I hope that this uh, integration of the image description might even help in some emojis and things like that. Definitely, I think it, it does, uh, because I've checked that out with some things that someone sent me on Telegram and things like that. But Google dropped a lot of emojis, and we're talking about they're not just, these features are not just for Pixel phones, because a lot of the times, though, some of these features, especially on Gboard, uh, or particularly on like the Pixel 6 um, series. But now uh, these things are opened to everyone. So it's just really nice to see that we're having these uh, feature drops that Google is bringing to everyone. And some of these coming through the Gboard and some of them coming through the, the Play Store. And talking about the Play Store, have you guys noticed that there has been a redesign of the Play Store? It's a little bit of a getting used to because it's not the good old uh, UI that we used to know, but I think it's a little bit better if you ask me and it's just a matter of getting used to that new layout. Have you guys checked it out? The only thing that I find annoying, most especially on the computer side of things, and I don't know if it's just at my end, is that you can't find where to search for an, uh, uh, for an app. Uh, has anyone noticed that or it's just me going cuckoo? I'm going to say it's just you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. So why can't I find the search? Uh, unless it hasn't reached you. But frankly, I can find, you know how it is if you go to the Play Store on your browser and uh, you can find the search field. Now, Wait, why are you going this... to the Play Store on your browser? Why don't you just well, do it on your phone? You can... Well, there are times that I'm not having my phone with me and then I want to look up something or I want to uh, find something that I want to send to my phone or, you know, install it to my phone. Uh, and I want to install it from my computer that I'm working on. What? And what? I can't, and I can't find that, you know, there's now a search button. But what I noticed is that if I click on that search button, it takes me to the help page. So that sounds quite annoying. <laughs> uh, you see, I don't understand this concept of not having your phone with you. I don't understand this. How, <laughs> how does that work? My phone, no, I don't understand. Well, because oh, here's what I'm You're the Android evangelist. Here. What are you doing leaving your phone anywhere but with you, you know? No, I, I, maybe, maybe don't take it in the bath or the shower. That's probably not a good idea. But no, otherwise... I never, I never take my phone into the bathroom. And, you know, people who take it to the bathroom, I, I don't know. Why can't you just leave that phone by itself for a minute? You know, I... I just Unless it's playing it. music for you and you're having a nice yeah, long or a book I can and you're having a nice long bath like I, I can did leave the damn phone in the bedroom while I'm playing that music on my speaker in the bathroom, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what if you don't have that speaker in your bathroom? Just yeah. Well, sometimes we just like at night. I don't use. I, I just use the phone speakers because I don't want to disturb the <laughs> neighbors too much. So they're already disturbed. My neighbors are okay, actually. I quite like my neighbors. Yeah. Well, you know, the neighbors are I'm pretty lucky. disturbed. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no one is going to hear music from your bathroom anyway. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be so sure about that one. They might because I'm in a flat. So there's another one downstairs. Well, unless you have it. an earth-shaking speaker or whatever. <laughs> I no do. I've got two Sonos <laughs> Roams now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you wouldn't take them to the bathroom, right? Maybe just one. Yeah. Right? No. <laughs> How can you have stereo music in your bathroom with one speaker? I mean, she's got a point. to that girl. <laughs> That's stupid. I've I did that before. Now I've got two. I've got stereo, one on each side of the room. It's amazing. Yeah, so I kind of find it really interesting uh, with the redesign. But also what I like about the redesign, though, it tells you as to what devices of yours are compatible with the app that you're looking at. And I think that's a nice feature. Um, so oh, is, that, know... is that new? Did it not do? Because I never did the web version because, you know, I always had my phones. <laughs> No, no, no. So why I mean, use the web when you can use an app, you know? Yeah, no, this is for both. Whether it's on the web or on your phone, you now have a section that, you know, lets you know as to what is compatible, as to whether this uh, uh, app is compatible or what devices of yours are compatible uh, with this given app. And also it has a clearer demarcation of, you know, who is uh, writing the app, you can expand that and see where it's coming from. Because a lot of times, frankly, I'm kind of a little bit, um, you know, skeptical or a little bit cautious, I should say, when I see an app and I'm not familiar with the name of the, the uh, developer or whatever, it sounds uh, kind of strange. For me, I always want to know where an app is coming from. Yeah, because there are certain regions that I may not install apps that are coming from that region. I'm sorry, that may sound a little bit odd, but I want to know where an app is coming from so I know whether I have to pay attention to the app after I've installed it or not. Uh, for me, it's important I know where an app is coming from, and I'm glad to see that kind of happening on the Play Store. So when you say where it's coming from, do you mean where in the world or do you mean who the developers are? What 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 do you mean by that? Exactly. You know what region of the world it is coming from and it has uh, the address or the contact. You know, it has a lot of the times some apps will not let you know where it's coming from or what the address is or whatever, who is publishing that uh, app, for example. And I think for us consumers, we need to know where something is coming from. Uh, if I don't want to install an app coming from someone in the UK, I don't have to. Now, if I see this coming from the UK, I'm not saying I don't install apps from the UK. I love my apps from the UK, um, for example. Uh, but in general, it's important to know where an app is coming from. Like our friend, uh, Rashikesh that we had on here from India. And by the way, lots of developers in India. Kudos to you boys and gals out there. And I love those apps from there because those guys 
are, are very responsive when you talk to them about accessibility and all of that. And they fix things up. I like that. But then there are some regions that, you know, the apps will be there and you try to contact them and they don't give a damn as to whether they want to fix your accessibility issues or not. So, you know, I want to know where the app is coming from. So if something I'm going to bother myself about trying to contact them or not. So you know what I'm talking about. I do. And also, I mean, there might be a, a genuine language issue as well with some apps. You know, if you're contacting someone about accessibility and English isn't their first language, they genuinely might not understand what you're asking so if you know your app is from an english-speaking country you might think actually that will be easier if i if i have a problem with the app um so but you can often tell uh things like that in the descriptions of the app as well you know if the english in the description of the app isn't very good that can be an indicator sometimes that you could have a problem um if if the app is uh not accessible and they yeah, could I, I always think... fix their whatever you know they could mm. uh, i mean they could always have a translator to translate what i'm telling them about and things like that but yeah but some people don't and yeah. you know <laughs> but if you're I mean, a developer though you need to pay attention to well, it depends, every because the development you you might be a full-time developer or you might just do it as a little side project and actually you've got really busy day jobs so you know, not all developers are, are equal. So, um, but yeah, yeah but that's, if, that's if really good. If to, you're developing know. apps, though, you'll definitely uh, be open to uh, comments or questions because that's how you make your app better or not. Oh, yeah, that, that's how, so that's how it should you be. You have that's to the pay way... attention to every single thing that comes through. Yeah, that, that's the... Um... That's the best way to be a developer, I agree. Not that I am one, but um, yeah, as I say, not all developers are equal. Well, you know, Fee, you could take uh, you could take up some development if you wanted to. You're still young. I could, but I'm too busy writing songs and sermons <laughs> and prayers and reading, doing reading and playing music. And I've got I've got quite a lot going on already. But other than that, yeah, I could. <laughs> yeah, so... Let's talk about emojis. You guys like emojis. So if you like emojis, um, you're in heaven with some of these new feature drops. So what type of new ones, what have they got that's new that particularly stuck out to you then, Warren? Because I remember, for example, when Apple launched emojis of things like uh, a white cane um, and a wheelchair and things like that. You know, is, is it anything like that or is it food or what type of emojis have they no, just all kinds of uh, emojis, a total of about like 1,600 emojis. So you we're oh, talking a slew of emojis here. And I'm not an emoji kind of guy, um, so I really didn't even check them out because I'm not into emojis. I don't know what the craze is about emojis, but people live or die by these things. And I can't believe how it is that people like these things. And what did we do when we didn't have these things? You know what I mean? It's just unbelievable. We couldn't I... graphically swear. No. Like, I... I'm sorry, the smiling pile of poo yes. is the most politically correct and amusing way to indicate that someone is a POS. Like, come on. I know. But I, I don't mind the odd one, but it's I find it quite annoying when 
basically they're peppered everywhere and probably because you know talkback takes ages to say them all I'm glad it does say them because sometimes like I've sent my mum a message um and she sent me back a heart emoji or a two hearts emoji or something um and you know so she's just put one or two emojis there and my phone reads them to me and I like that I'm not excluded you know that it reads them to me um so that's that's quite nice uh but yeah when they can be a bit overwhelming can't they when like twitter's one of the worst sometimes people change their twitter handle so that before you get to their actual user id that might tell you something about them there's just a load of random emojis and that's i tend to unfollow those people because i can't cope with that (laughs) it's just too annoying like does anybody seriously use the flag emojis yeah they do they do i know but why? I don't, but they do. Those I, know, are the I don't know why they can't say I'm in the UK. And it's like, actually, that's one of the ones on Twitter quite often. A lot of people have put flag of the Ukraine of Ukraine before. Yeah. Uh, before they're, um, and they're not Ukrainian. It's like a Ukraine support thing. But it's like, oh, mate, can you not put that after your name if you're going to put it? No, no. <laughs> don't put it first, you know. Just because you've said this, Fee, I'm now going to go and put a smiling pile of poo on my Twitter handle. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so, so basically, you know, like we were saying, you know, um, these things used to be like, you know, these custom stickers used to be like Google or Pixel exclusives. And now, you know, it's up there for everyone, you know, through Gboard. And so the whole idea is that if I'm typing something, for example, I want to type something like, hey, I'm going to the bus stop. And as soon as I'm starting to type, I'm going to the bus stop and uh, type the word bus, I could choose, uh, you know, a sticker that that just uh, completes that whole sentence and have that picture, you know, with that, that text. So I don't have to type that. Uh, so I, I think that's one of the coolest really? about that that thing that um, uh, you know now is open to everyone. It's just no longer a pixel exclusive, and I can see kids going to town with this crazy stuff. You know? Yeah, I think kids would like it, and I think it's the kind of thing that might be quite cool if you were sending a message to a four year old <laughs> who can't read the word bus yet. You know? Thank you. <laughs> exactly. So- I I don't sometimes people will put just a little emoji at the end of a Facebook thing but I sometimes think you know does everyone need pictures now because it can't anyone read anymore you know (laughs) I suppose if you're dyslexic it might be quite handy maybe I don't know um it's it's kind of I think you're right it's kind of a craze isn't it and another good thing also that, you know, has dropped in this feature or drop uh, feature drop, I should say, is the ability to now, you know, um, have your Google Play points as a payment option. And I think that's a really good thing because if you've been buying apps on the Play Store, for example, and you've accumulated those uh, Google points, uh, you want to turn them into a payment method. If you don't want to use your PayPal, you don't want to use your credit card, 
you could set that as your default if you have enough of those, and that becomes an option that you could use as a payment method. So I'm glad to see that happening. So are they like reward points for having bought lots of apps? Yes, every time you buy an app, you know, uh, you know, like a dollar, each dollar gives you a point. And so if you've purchased quite a number of apps, then, you know, uh, those uh, accumulate. I think I have maybe like 400 and something points in mine um, ever since I started the point system. And so I could convert that and make it a payment method. And so instead of using my PayPal or using my uh, my card or whatever as my preferred method of payment, I could use my rewards point as my preferred method of payment. So I really like that option. So the more options we have, the better it is for the consumer or the user. Well, and it means you don't have to spend actual money, and that's always good as well. Yeah, you don't have to spend actual money, even though it's coming from your actual money that you've accumulated over time. But then, you know, each dollar gives you a point, and after a while, you have a boatload of moolah to spend. So how would I know how many points I've got? Would it be in the account? Section. Yeah, it, it does show you in your account section how many points you have. Oh, like I haven't said, looked in there I, for years. I, I, like I haven't paid for an account for years. I haven't point. paid for an app for ages. Um, so. Well, that's what we're talking about. If there's no need to pay for it, if you have apps that work just fine, or most especially all the googly apps are for free, for example, the lookout we're talking about, if it's free, why in the name of Sam Hill would I be wanting to spend money on something that I have a free app that does very well and I'm satisfied with? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather use that money for, you know, going to lunch or, you know, buying the Sonos uh, ROM that you have. <laughs> oh, you should, you, should get, you should get one and then after a while you should get another one and then you can have your music anywhere in stereo. Yay. Yeah, so see, I'm not... I really don't care about the Sonos thing. I don't know. Um, I do. You I, I can don't. tell, can't you? <laughs> I really don't. And I, I don't know. It's kind of odd that I don't, but I don't. You know? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's my it's my early birthday present. Uh-uh. Um, That's good. So, yeah. Um, and another so... thing we want to talk about, though, that also Google dropped is the the sound amplifier, which was something that was exclusive like to the Pixel phones. Now it's there for, you know, uh, people. And most especially, you know, because if you're a deaf person or hard of hearing, um, you want to be able to kind of find a way of amplifying that sound. I, I think it's a good thing that uh, Google is doing that. So what sound are they amplifying? Is it the, the sounds sound around that- you or... If you just want to hear a sound and, you know, cut back the background noise, that thing would would do it for you. It's kind of like, hey, I want to turn this thing on and I want to focus on a given sound. Uh, That's what that would do. So would it amplify sounds in apps as well or just the sound around you in the room or or both? I think it will do both. I haven't tried it because... um, you, there are certain things that sometimes we don't uh, pay attention to maybe because they are not enough, you know, line up or whatever. I mean, it's like things having to do with uh, uh, accessibility, like, you know, visual accessibility for those of yeah. us who are blind. Yeah, someone who doesn't use those things may not even try that. So, like, things like live captioning for the deaf or, you know, things like that, 
I, you know, I never check those things out because they don't necessarily apply we, to We me. don't need them, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, we don't. So yeah. <laughs> we kind of tend to be kind of lax and not pay attention to that. And I think maybe that's wrong that we take that attitude, isn't it? I just wonder if it amplifies things around you or things a bit further away. You know, maybe we could start being like a new breed of, you know, blind spies. Because we could use our phones as amplifiers and like listen in to people. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but these are some of the things. And of course, so we're looking forward to those things. And, you know, if you're going to be on uh, the Android 13 beta, of course, this month we'll have uh, beta 3 dropping and we'll see what comes up with this uh, beta 3. So I'm really looking forward to that. But at least for the time being, these are the things that we have that in Google's big week that we have that dropped on us. So kudos so are they to Google. All already, are they already available now? These yeah, things, or they, they are, are they are soon? available, but you know how it is that sometimes uh, they roll sl- roll out slowly in some regions and other other places like that. But I know for certainty that th- these things have already started rolling out, and some people have already seen it on their phones already. Uh, you know, so uh, when we're done, you could check yours to see uh, fee. For example, if you want to check to see if that image description in Lookout is there on yours. You could check it to see if it's there or not. Yeah, actually, this phone was telling me about a software update, so maybe I need to do it and then it'll appear. Um, But it interests me, you're talking about Google dropping things, and I wonder if some of them bounce. Uh, Well, it might bounce. And and then they might bounce and then roll out (laughs) like a ball. (laughs) <laughs> when it bounces, though, it bounces on you and me, doesn't it? It yeah. bounces on us, and therefore we catch it because we're good at catching those things. And therefore, Absolutely. we don't care whether it bounces or not. Drop that baby on me, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about Wear OS Beta? Which one? The Wear OS beta. Oh, the Wear OS. Yeah, we, you know, we talked about that on our mailing list. There's uh, a Wear OS beta that people can uh, opt in for uh, your Google Wear OS. And also, you know, we're talking about that Samsung also dropped its own uh, Wear OS uh, for the uh, Galaxy 4 series watches out there. And uh, so it's been a very busy week uh, in tech, most especially the big guys. Uh, I mean, Sonos bringing that uh, Sonos uh, voice controls and all of that, Sonos voice, something that they have been talking about for a while and now finally is here. So this last week has been, or this is still this week, right? The week ends today has been a very busy week for these guys. And so, yeah, if you want to join that beta, we'll have that. Uh, URL in our show notes for the Wear OS if you want to be part of that and look up at that in our show notes. And that's it for this week's Spotlight. And now we move on to the CSR, Commentary Screen Reader, demonstration. We haven't had much in this series for a while, but uh, here's one today from Kareen. all in this commentary demo i want to talk about text editing especially the granular editing mode i will create a new node in google keep 
I will type this is a test, no space between is and a, and an R before the letter T, the final T in the test. Home screen, WhatsApp, note, T showing English, T tablet, H, I, S, space, space, is, I, S, A, T, E, S, R, T, test. I'm still using the default mode or the focus mode. Uh, to move the cursor, I should go or select the navigation type that I want to use, whether characters, words, or lines. And uh, to move between navigation types, I'm swiping down and up or up then down. And to move in the specific navigation type, I swipe down for the next, up for the previous. I'm using the alternative element navigation mode and the invert swiping gestures option. Let's move to the word navigation, swiping down, then up. Words. Now I'll go to the previous word by swiping up. Test. I didn't need to focus the edit box after I finished typing, but this is not the case all of the time. Sometimes you should refocus the edit box by touching its location on the screen. Let's uh, use character navigation now, swiping up, then down. Characters. And move to the next character. T E S R. I want to delete the R letter. When I press delete on my Gboard, the letter the cursor is on will be deleted, and here the cursor is on the letter R. F delete. R deleted. Now words again. Words. Ted. Isa. This is the is a. I want to insert a space after S, so characters. Characters, I, S. I'm on the letter S. Now when I type, the text will be inserted after the character the cursor is on. So deleting, uh, pressing the delete key will delete the character the cursor is on. And typing will type, or will insert the text after the character the cursor is on. So the letter the letter S, the cursor is on the letter S, so I will press the space now. Space, space, is. And I'm done. If I want to cycle between the top and the end of the text, I just double tap the text box. This is an editor scrollable bottom. This is a test. To end the top. To end. To clear all of the text that was typed, I just Go to the function menu, up then right, swiping up then right, then select clear. I can also move the cursor, the editing cursor, using the volume keys if I enable or if I allow moving the editing cursor but with the volume keys in the shortcut key settings, which is found in the operation settings. Edit scrollable. This is a now the text box is empty. If I want to do more stuff like selecting text and cutting it or deleting text, del deleting the selection, I have to go to the granular editing mode. I can find this mode by mm, several ways in the main menu in the function menu, and I can assign a gesture to reach it.
So now let's go to the function menu and select the granular editing. Function, input, open, list copying, granular editing, keep notes, granular editing mode sentences. You, uh, unfortunately, the character limit in the free version is 100 characters. So you should be a premium user to remove this, to remove this limitation. Now, uh, things are somehow different here. So at the bottom, I have Characters. the navigation types. I should double tap the one I want. Now the sentence is selected, which is in fact the words, but it was uh, wrongly translated to sentences. And I have also the characters and paragraphs. The one that I double tap will be selected. And then I can use the normal swiping uh, way to move uh, using this navigation method. And also I can use Explorer by touch. More. Let's press on more. Copy. Okay. Replace. Search for. Replace. Undo. Redo. Multi-selection mode. Import. Export. Okay, so I have those options. I will select the import. Import. Open. Okay. I can create txt files and put them in the notes folder in Gshow, Gshow's main folder. I have the notes folder. I should put the created text file in this folder. And uh, I tested with the UTF-8 encoding. I used Notepad on my Windows, on my Windows PC. And uh, I used the UTF-8 encoding the text is imported successfully. Um, I tested this with my native Arabic language and with English. So I will import uh, a text text file that I created uh, and I pasted in this text file some of some information from the NVDA user guide. NVDA.txt Let's see. Granular editing mode sentences. Line 8, character 1484. So it told me how many lines are there and how many characters. And I have the text of the file, the content of the file. 3. Getting. And. Setting. Up. And reading. If. Okay, so I'm just swiping right to read the words. Now I will change the mode to. Or first, before I do it, uh, let's try to. Up. Setting. And getting. Three. So this is the number three. I want to delete it. I'll just double tap and hold. Spell. Delete. And I have the delete. Granular editing mode let's sentences. See. And getting. Not granular editing. Not getting. And. Setting. Okay, so it was deleted. Uh, the same thing can be said about paragraphs and characters. Okay, if I want to edit a portion of the text, let's say a paragraph or a word, uh, because we are in the words navigation type, let's uh, see one word. Up. Okay, this one. 
It's showing English, US, QWELDY, keyboard. So now I can use the uh, navigation that I use in the focus mode to move the cursor. Let's say I want to move to the letter D. So. Words. Characters. Capital A. Capital D. Okay, so I want to insert something after the letter D. So I will insert the S. E. S. S. Let's see. Edit, edit content. Star. Words. Character. Capital D. Capital V. S. Capital A. Okay. So now to save what I've done, I should press on the OK. OK. And if I don't want to save, I just press on the cancel. Import. Cancel. Granular editing mode sentences. Okay. So, uh... More. Sentences. Characters. Paragraphs. Paragraphs. If you want to take NVDA with your USB drive using the temporary copy of NVDA paragraphs. Okay, now I will see the multi-selection mode, which I find it after I press the more. Export. Import. Multi-selection mode. When I double tap this, it will use the navigation type that I was using, whether it's characters, words, which is sentences here, and uh, or or paragraphs to select text, and I can't change it while I'm selecting text. So I should select the navigation type that I want before I enter this multi-selection thing. Granular editing mode paragraph nine eight getting and setting up NVDA object. Okay, so if I want to check this one, I just Checked. double tap. If you have not yet got a copy of NVDA, you can download it from the Nevada Access Web. Okay, I have... Copy. Delete. Delete. 3.1. Delete. Copy. Cut. Select all. Okay. Okay, delete and cut. Cut and copy. Self-explanatory, but... Uh, if I want to press on the select all... It's not as you will expect that select all will select all the text. Actually, it will switch the selection. So what I was selecting, what I, what I selected before will be unselected. And what, I, what, what, what was not selected before will be selected. So I just selected the first paragraph. So now if I select, I press on the select all, it will uncheck this paragraph and select everything else. Let's try it. Select. Okay. Select all. If you run in the value of, go to the download section and you will find the link to download the latest version of NVDA. Checked. If you get it, line 8, get in and setting up NVDA unchecked. Okay. So now, um, let's press on delete. Cut. Copy. Cut. Select all. Cut. Delete. Deleted. Copy. Getting and setting and up NVDA object. Line one. Granular editing. Export. Cancel. Okay. I will just press on OK. Granular. Line. Getting. Search for. Okay. I want to undo what I did. So I will just. Replace. Undo. Undo. Repl search for. 3.1. Portable and temporary. Okay. So the deletion is now cancelled. I want to show you the replace. Redo. 
redo, undo, replace, 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 Re enter keyword, show in English, US, QWELTY, keyboard. I will type NVDA. Shift. Caps like enabled. N caplet N. C caplet V caplet S capital. D N. A caplet NVDA. Replace with. And replace with. Show in English. N. N. O. No. N. Non. V. Non. Eight. I. Non. A. Non. V. Delete. Non. S. Y. U. Non. Vis. L. Non. Visual. State. Space. D. E. S. K. D. T. O. O. P desktop space A V C C E S A, S access replace and hit replace NVDA let's see non visual desktop access replace replaced English US it running the value of just go to the down if you have not yet getting and setting up non visual desktop access Line 8. Get, if you have not yet got a copy of non-visual desktop access, you can download it from the Nevada Access website. Go to the download section and you will find a link to download the latest version of non-visual desktop access. Characters. Paragraphs. Now if I want to export the text. Export. Import. Export. I just press, press the export. Let's see. Showing English, US, Q, B, N, Jetting. Delete, getting. Okay, so it's. Okay, getting. The first word. Uh, I can just delete this one and uh, put the name that I want, but okay. I'll keep it. Granular editing mode paragraphs. Okay, now it was, it was exported to the notes folder. I will not see an extension. You can just add the .txt extension and you can open it with text editors. Paragraphs. Multi-selection mode. Redo. Multi-selection mode. So, this is how to edit text using the granular editing mode. Uh, also, you can use this mode in text that is not editable. Like in not in places where you don't have an edit, edit box. Let's see. First, to save or to add what I I've done, I should press on OK. Redo, undo, replace, search, free using the tab. If you want to, if you plan, export, paragraphs, import, export, characters, set more, copy. OK. Keep notes. Saved. Let's see the note. Getting and setting up non-visual desktop access. If you have not yet. Getting and set title. Getting and back. So the text was inserted. I can also, okay, uh, of course, press on cancel to uh, to cancel what I did. Now um, I can use the granular editing mode in other modes, like when I'm using the list browsing mode. Uh, also, I can use it just. While I'm on any item, home screen one, home screen one, this is the GoMad application. I'll go to the function menu. Function menu, clear, select, copy, append, paste, clipboard, paste, favorite, granular, list, granular editing mode. 
Tabular editing. I can deal with this one. And paragraphs. Characters. Like if I want to, to, to have some editing and then export the text. And of course, I can't save the changes to the file name here. So the OK will Cancel. be unavailable. Edit. Okay, unavailable. Because I'm not in on an on an edit box. But as I said before, I can uh, do some edits to the text and then export or copy uh, the text to be pasted in somewhere else. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Karen. You've been stepping up to the plate and doing these CSR demos. And we really want to appreciate that. And I know that our listeners enjoy that. And thank you so much for another CSR demonstration. Excellent. It's good to have some commentary screen reader stuff again, as well as TalkBack. But now we move back to TalkBack with this week's TalkBack highlights episode from Warren. We continue now with our theme of highlights from TalkBack. This is installment 38. In our last installment, installment 37, we started the three-finger gesture heading and we discussed the three-finger tap to invoke the TalkBack menu. We continue now and for today's demonstration, I am using my Pixel 6 Pro running Android 13 Beta 2.1 and TalkBack 12.2. For speech services, I am again utilizing the Google Speech Services. I am on my home screen and now will tap with three fingers to invoke the TalkBack menu. Android Accessibility Suite, TalkBack Menu. We are now in the TalkBack menu. And what we're looking for in TalkBack menu is an item that says TalkBack Settings. I'll put my finger down and tap on TalkBack Settings. TalkBack Settings. Here is TalkBack Settings, and I'll tap here to activate. TalkBack Settings. Navigate up, button, out of list. I am now in the TalkBack Settings, and if you've been following these TalkBack highlights, then you know that it's now time for me to put two fingers in the middle of the phone, and gliding those fingers upwards scrolls down the page to go tap on Customize Gestures. So in other words, when you're navigating through vertical pages and you want to scroll up or scroll down, you put two fingers in the middle of the phone, gliding them upwards scrolls down your page, and gliding them toward the bottom scrolls up the page toward the top. In this case, though, I'll be putting my fingers in the middle of the phone and scrolling upward or gliding upward, which scrolls down my page so I could tap on the customized gestures. I'll now put two fingers in the middle of the phone, glide them upwards, and scroll down my page. Showing items 5 to. I will now find and tap on customized gestures. Customized gestures. Here is Customized Gestures. I will now tap to activate Customized Gestures. Customized Gestures out of list. I am now on the customization page of the gestures. What will need to happen now, though, is that we need to change our granularity to the headings granularity. 
If you've been following this series, then you know that we have one of three methods of changing our granularities. My preferred, of course, is always the scrubbing up and down with one finger in one fluid movement to change my granularity. However, if you prefer using three fingers, you could swipe down with three fingers, or swipe from left to right, or right to left with three fingers, and that too would make it possible for you to change your granularities. I have already set my granularity to the headings, and so all that we need to do now is to swipe down with one finger. So in other words, whether you're using the up-down scrubbing movement with one finger to change your granularity, or using the three fingers to swipe from top to bottom, or from left to right, or right to left to change those granularities, once you find the headings granularity, then what we need to do now is simply swipe down with one finger and keep doing so until we get to the heading that we are looking for. In this case, we're looking for a heading that says three fingers. So now I'll swipe down with one finger until I hear three fingers. One finger, heading, in list. Here is one finger. I'll swipe down again. One finger back and forth, heading. Keep swiping. One finger angle, heading. Showing item 7 to 17 of 51. Swipe down. Two fingers, heading. Showing item 17 to 27 of 51. I am on the two finger heading. Now swipe down one more time with that one finger and that should place us on the three finger heading. Three fingers, heading. Showing items 27 to 36 of 51. There is our three finger heading. And as I indicated, the last thing that we saw last week in installment 37 was Tap with three fingers, open talkback menu. And now below that we have the one that we're after, and this time it has to do with screen search. Tap and hold with three fingers, screen search. Tapping and holding with three fingers. So in other words, you tap with three fingers, but instead of letting it go, you hold the three fingers in place, and that invokes the screen search. So in other words, think of it like you're on a Windows computer and on a document or on a web page, and you're looking for a particular word. All you need to do is do Control F and search, or type in the word you're looking for. For talkback, however, once we tap and hold with three fingers, that should pop up the screen search so we could type in the word we're looking for. I'll now navigate out of here by going home and go open up the Google Discovery page or the Google Feed homepage, which is found to the left of the first home screen, so I could look for an article there and see if we could find something to search for. I'll now navigate my way back home. Pixel Launcher. I am now on my home page, and now using my two fingers, putting two fingers in the middle of the phone, and swiping from left to right, that should take me to the first page, to the left of my home screen. So in other words, when you are changing horizontal pages, then all you need to do is put two fingers in the middle of the phone, and swipe from left to right to move to the previous item, or swipe from right to left to move to the next page. This time, I'm looking for the item that is to the left of my first home screen, so I will now swipe from the middle of the phone from left to right. Pixel Launcher. Button, in case you missed it, Pixel Watch sneaks through the FCC with Wi-Fi and LTE models, heading, in list. 
Here I am, the first item here has to talk about the Google Pixel Watch. And I'll tap here to activate this page so we could go read it and find something that we could make a screen search for. Pixel Watch sneaks by us, web view, out of list. Chrome. It launches my Chrome. And now I'll scroll down the page and of course putting my fingers in the middle of the phone, that's two fingers in the middle of the phone, gliding them upwards to scroll down the page. And then I'll put my finger down and let it read and then I'll choose a word to search for. For weeks leading up to the unveiling of the Google Pixel Watch, we watched Google's FCC filings closely for new devices that might be evidence of their first watch. Those filings never came and it appears now that that's because the Pixel Watch wasn't filed under Google's FCC ID. Instead, Okay, so it read a little bit and I heard several words. I would look for the word evidence. So now using three fingers, I will tap on hold and that should invoke my screen search. Search term, showing English US QWERTY keyboard. I am now in the search field and all I need to do is type in the word evidence or simply type E, V, and see the matches that come up upon typing letters E, V. I'll type those two letters and see what we get. E, E. Showing items 1 to 10 of 81. I typed in letter E and we're told that there are a total of 81 matches on my screen. I'll put in letter V as in Victor. V, Victor, V. Showing items 1 to 4 of 4. Typing letter V says we now have four items. And I could simply put down my finger and find the one that has the word evidence, that is, find the line that has the word evidence. Or I could put in letter I to further narrow down my results. I'll type in letter I. I. India. I. Showing items one to two of two. We're now down to two, and I'm not going to continue typing. I'll put my finger down and see if I find a line that contains the word evidence. Filings closely for new devices that might be evidence. And there is the word evidence there at the last of that line. And that's how you go about doing a screen search using TalkBack. That is, tapping with three fingers and holding to invoke the screen search feature. Thank you very much for that, Warren. And now we just need to wrap up. So, Austin, how can people get hold of us? So, people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandreducers.com. They can browse our website, blindandreducers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blindandreducers. Subscribe to our mailing list, Blind Android Users, plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week. It's been fun today. I've been allowed to drive. Yay! Who says you can't drive when you're blind? Anyway, thank you, everybody. Doug, Austin, and Warren. Uh, and I'm Fee. And we'll see you again soon on the Blind Android Podcast. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to another clip from the Blind Android Users channel. 
don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you're notified of every new material that we upload. Thanks again for listening to the Blind Android Users channel.